as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. And I gave them permission to do that. Actually, they heard the short version. 11 o'clock gets the long version of the message based on this word of God. Short as it is, it is a great and helpful. I'd like to speak about this word of God around the title, Better Together. It's not a part of the series of messages I've been doing about healthy churches, but, you know, I guess it really could be if we wanted it to be. That phrase is used in a variety of circumstances better together. It's often used in marriages, like that Bible passage about the three strands. It's also used in sports where there's teamwork, where it's emphasized we're better together than individuals going off in their own way and trying to carry the team. It's helpful. And I'm using it today, however, in the context of St. Michael Congregation, of us together as God's people, better together. And really that banner headline speaks to the very core of what I just read to you from Hebrews. Hebrews, which as best many can tell, is a sermon in and of itself that focuses on Jesus as a high priest, and more about that in a couple minutes. But remember how it started. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hold to hope. Gosh, we all need hope, don't we? I mean, we, we live it, and as we live it, we just know we've got to hope in something. The key is what to hope in. Something good and reliable is what's needed. Something firm and unshakable. And so when we're going to find something to hope in, it better be that. Faith and hope are such things that are unshakable, that are very real. But understand and maybe you do. You can't prove faith. You can't prove hope. Not in the, the usual sense of proving things, because science is our tool to prove things. According to the five senses, what we can see, touch, feel, and all the rest. That's how science operates. But it can't begin to touch faith and hope. And, and I want to focus on hope, but it is much like faith in this regard. So don't look to science to try to prove either faith or hope. Certainly not hope. What's important is what is the object of hope. The same with faith, but what one hopes in is what really, really matters. What or in whom. Hope is not in ourselves or others. We're like those twigs, okay? Even collectively, somebody can break us uh, as a people, as a group, whether it's a family or as a nation. We're flawed, we're weak, we're limited. Nobody needs to be told that we're not so reliable as that we can't function. Our hope is not in our governments. Understand that. Our hope is not in money. Our hope is not that things are going to get better, just hang on. Because they probably won't, apart from God. And our hope is not in influence or in power. 
you've ever tried it, you know it. Our hope is in one thing and one thing alone, in our salvation, which is to say another way, our hope is in Jesus Christ and in him alone. It is a certain hope. That's why we can say that, because it's in Jesus. Remember the, the hymn we sing with great gusto, like we've been singing this morning, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You know, in the verses before what I read, 23 to 25, the, the writer to Hebrews in his sermon talks about where that hope is in Jesus, using the picture of Jesus as a high priest. You know, the priest in the Old Testament would go into the Holy of Holies and offer a sacrifice on behalf of all of the people. But it was a repeated sacrifice each and every year. But when Jesus, as our high priest, came to offer, it was once and for all. And he offered himself, his body and his blood, to seal the deal, to bring us back to God, to pay the price that was needed to do just that. Read Hebrews. It's a wonderful, if sometimes a difficult book, it shows this in great, uh, reliable kinds of ways. Jesus is our high priest. He's made the perfect, the full, the reliable sacrifice of himself for the whole world, for all time, for you, for me. That's the hope we hold. The hope we hold. And that hope, Paul writes in Romans 5, does not disappoint us. It won't. It doesn't. It never will. Don't hope in anything less. Hold on to this hope as the writer said, unswervingly, that is, as other Bible translations put it, unwaveringly, without being diverted, holding tightly, keeping a firm grip. That's where faith comes in. That's where our hope resides. Hold to hope, which is to hold on to Jesus. And then, and then, verse 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. These two come together. This follows the first. As a kid, we played games, and maybe some games that are not played today. For my brothers and sister, and for me, it was cowboys and Indians. Probably not socially acceptable these days, although I don't remember taking it out on the Indians. But it was fun with our play guns and knowing we weren't hurting anybody, just playing. And I, I guess it was the cowboys that we probably understandably related to best. The cowboys, as we remembered, the Lone Ranger, Roy Rogers. Remember them in Hopalong Cassidy? And even more importantly, or just as, we remembered and, and found great uh, joy in their horses, Silver, Trigger, and Topper. But you know, that's where I'd learned about spurs. Fact is, I think back to those days, I maybe even got a pair of spurs. You know, those are the things that, to a real cowboy, hook on the back of their boots, around the back, and a little piece projecting out, little pieces of metal. And their function is to direct the horse. 
and I suppose it can be done harshly, but I trust and pray that it's gently. That's how we can spur on others toward love and good works. Not harshly, but gently. Give a little nudge. Give a little push. Give a little godly direction one to another as the people of God. It's so vital and it's helpful. It really is. That's one reason why we gather together to be able to do just that, to help stay on the right road that God has laid out before us, to do the right things, the God things that result from our hope and our faith. That's where verse 25 continues, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Do you remember the first Christians? As Jesus left, as he sent his Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, right on the heels of that, what the Christians did, modeled, began God's form of being together as his people. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They knew they needed each other. They gathered together to find their strength, one with another, with Jesus in the center. They were better together. They knew it and they practiced it. No, God, no doubt God gave them direct power and ability to do the things, but he also designed into his grand picture the help of each other, Christian to Christian. And he continues to operate the same way today. They stuck together to support each other, to help each other. And they did by reading the scriptures even together, to pray, no doubt on their own, but to pray together and to share, to share a holy communion. A communion, a, a coming together, not only of God and his people, but people together, joined in the shape of the cross. This is what congregations are. This is what St. Michael is all about. Better together in what, who we are and what we do. We can do this, by the way, without fear of betrayal. We are brought together and sustained together without fear of being rejected in our weaknesses one with another. We are here by God's design to help each other. And that's why we gather, because we know we're better together. The Holy Spirit designed it that way by Jesus. And you know, have you ever thought about this? We pray the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you do on your own, and we certainly do together. But remember the words, even as you pray it alone. How do we start? Our Father, who art in heaven. And as we go along in the prayer, it's always not I, not me. We don't pray, give me this daily bread and forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me and lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. No, no. It's we. It's our. Even if we're by ourselves, we can't pray the Lord's Prayer alone. Even if nobody's beside us, 
even if no one else is saying aloud or silently the prayer with us physically. We pray with all God's people. We pray with the church because that's who we are. That's how God designed us. And so we may pray on our own. But when we pray as Jesus taught, using his words, it is together, the body of Christ. Because we're better together. I don't know a lot about Helen Keller. You probably even know more than I. But I do know she was Christian. And I do know she was challenged. And maybe it was out of that background and that circumstance that she said this, a memorable quote. Alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. And isn't it true? Not just generally, but as the people of God. This is not eliminating God from the picture. This is drawing on another aspect of how he has made us. He knows how difficult it is for us to have faith, to hold to hope all by ourselves. So you and I are a gift one to the other. That's how, that's why we're directed. That's how and why we can encourage each other as we're counseled to do in these verses of Scripture. This is one of the purposes of the congregation. It's not a matter of, we don't come together to point fingers, to relish in our being better than somebody else, or to make us feel like we're holier than thou, than somebody else. But to share our, our love, to share our difficulties, to, and to do so to find a common core, a common strength, and to share that one with each other. We're together today. Services close together. We're together outdoors in just a little while. We, we came together mightily not too long ago as God worked through us to an issue a call to pastor summer. And wasn't that great to have a full church and to feel the power of God working in us and through us together better to be sure. And it's better together with the gifts on the altar. Christ's body in blood, given individually, but shared collectively to do all these things that God would do among us together. Better together. Especially, especially these days. Can we pray? Lord God, we thank you for your love in Christ, for his all-availing sacrifice, and for the gift you give us in each other. Draw us closer and closer still to one another that we may find our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's remain seated as we sing.